All right, welcome back to the DNBR Rams podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. This is part two of our recruiting update. CSU been on fire lately when it comes to recruiting. We already talked about Richie Anderson and Kenyon Aggers, the defensive commits that pledged their futures to CSU, at least as of right now. Today, we are going to talk about the receivers and running back that CSU was able to pick up. We're also going to talk about why it's just much more logical for CSU to be recruiting these states that they have been under Norvell than the ones that they were pursuing. Really, I mean, going all the way back to the beginning of the Bobo era. As always, we are presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, and with UFC 276 coming up, now is the perfect time to sign up. The calf slicer, the Peruvian necktie, there are a ton of ways to come out on top in the octagon. For UFC 276, there's one more when you use DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the UFC. New customers bet $5 on any fight to win, get $100 in free bets, win or lose. That means whether it's Adesanya with a knockout kick or a powerful punch from Cannoneer, you're going to win no matter what. With the DraftKings Same Game Parlay, you can turn a small bet into a big payday. Combine multiple bets like which fighter will win, number of knockouts, and more. For UFC 276, you can place the Same Game Parlay, and if it hits, you're going to win double. Ka-ching! Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use the promo code DNVR, bet $5 on any UFC 276 fighter to win, get $100 in free bets no matter what. That code DNVR this Saturday at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of UFC. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions to apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Cool, cool, cool. All right, we're going to talk about the offensive commits that CSU football was able to pick up on Tuesday. Dante Scott and Laven Brown, wide receivers, running back Justin Marshall, also played wide receiver at the high school level, just a beast of a playmaker. Really looking forward to talking about all three of these guys. Looking forward to hopefully getting them as well as some of these other guys on the podcast. I already have a plan to have Dante and Laven on the pod, so really looking forward to talking with those guys in a couple of days. Before we start talking about the players, I want to talk about the importance of having recruiting pipelines in states that actually make sense for your program. Obviously, you want to try and land the top talent in the state of Colorado when possible. Some guys, it's just not going to be in the cards. You know, Christian McCaffrey was never going to sign with CSU or CU. He was going to Stanford. And if he didn't end up there, then he probably would have ended up at Alabama or Oregon or one of the Texas or, you know, one of the million programs that ended up offering him. If you're one of the top, you know, 20 players in the country, you're probably going to end up at a big time program, at least until, you know, CSU establishes more consistent success. That said, you know, you have to be able to, to hit on, on some local guys. And to CSU's credit, you know, I have criticized the old staff, so to their, to their credit, they were able to identify a couple of really intriguing local prospects in Langston Williams and Coyote Jr., and then obviously Tanner Arkin at, at tight end. Tanner Arkin kind of combined tight end and Arkin into one word there. Some of the offensive line commits that they picked up have been intriguing as well. Uh, but then, you know, there was uh, this staff, they took some heat, you know, when they came in that they didn't ultimately sign all of the Colorado kids that were committed to CSU. There were a couple of them that I that I actually was intrigued by, but when you look at their other offers, you know it was predominantly SCS programs, low level uh, FBS teams. I mean, I I do feel bad for those kids, and that's kind of one of the unfortunate realities of of how this business works. But I mean, Norvell has 
he has a responsibility to, you know, make this team as competitive as possible. And it's ultimately kind of, it's his job to, to make those hard calls. And again, you know, while I do wish all those guys the best, and I hope that it works out for them at the FCS schools that they signed with, when you look at the type of guys that Norvell and, and his staff are recruiting, you know, one in their first signing class, but now, especially at the high school level, because it's less transfer reliant, I mean, some of these guys are, are freak athletes, and other ones are, are just dudes with tons of P5 interest. Now, just because you get offered by a bunch of Power 5 schools doesn't necessarily mean anything. You know, it, it doesn't always guarantee that you're going to be a stud or, or anything like that. But typically, you know, if everybody in the country, if a lot of big-time programs are, are looking at you, probably got something going right for you. The thing is, is it, it's kind of a, a weird balance when it comes to recruiting because obviously you want to try and just land you know, as many talented people as possible, but you do have to consider fit and, you know, whether they're, whether they're going to pan out, you know, are, are they going to feel completely out of place? I already kind of spoiled this story on, on part one, but when I had Mike Newell on the podcast right after Adazio got hired, his big concern was the fact that they were just leaning so heavily on those Northeast recruiting ties. You know, one of the things he brought up was like, when, when has CSU ever had a bunch of, you know, studs from the northeast like at least on a consistent basis when the rams have been good it's because they've been able to find under the radar local kids and mix it in with an infusion of talent out of california and texas and really the same goes for cu as well i mean their their glory days in the 90s early 2000s was built on the same roster building philosophies now, I will add that Florida is kind of the, the alternate in this. Florida, Texas, California. Basically, every school in the country has to be able to recruit at least two of those three states, ideally all three. But for schools like CSU, you know, on the, on the western part of the country, you're definitely going to lean on the west coast and then, you know, on Texas. I mean, really, at least, and this is just my opinion, a lot of the reason why Sonny Lubick was able to kind of recruit Florida better than some of the other coaches have is just that he had those ties from his days at Miami. Jim McElwain had some South Florida ties as well from his Bama days, you know, obviously paid off with D Hart coming over. Bobo had Florida ties as well. I mean, every coach has some Florida ties, but Bobo then really leaned on, you know, Georgia and Louisiana and just states that historically CSU had not had a, a ton of success in. And I can't speak for everyone, but having been around the program pretty closely during, you know, Bobo's entire tenure, I, I know a lot of those guys that did come over from, you know, Georgia, Louisiana, Mississippi, whatever, a lot of them were homesick. A lot of them felt shell-shocked culturally, you know, in, in Fort Collins. It's just a ton of change to experience, you know, as an 18-year-old. And I'm not taking shots at them at all. I, I completely get it. I went to school 60 miles from where I grew up. My freshman roommate was one of my best friends from high school. After him, you know, I lived with my, my cousin, who's today, one, to this day, one of my best friends. Point being, J. Mike has, has never been big on, you know, drastic lifestyle changes, you know, moving across the country or anything like that. I, I, I could get completely how terrifying that must be for, for some of these teenagers. Now, the counter is obviously sometimes it works out great. You know, Cecil Sapp came from Miami. Dante Wright obviously comes over from Navarre high school out in Florida and has been just perfect. You know, he's, he's been great. But CSU missed on a, on a whole lot more of those guys out of the South than they hit on. And then that definitely goes with 
Adazio as well. And, and a lot of those guys that he brought over from, you know, the Northeast, some of them were transfers, some of them were high school commits from schools that he recruited back when he was at Temple and Boston College. But, you know, it just, it, it really was never sustainable. I mean, you just weren't going to be able to, on a year-to-year basis, build a, a recruiting class full of studs, full of guys that are going to pan out over three, four years when, you know, you're just kind of all over the place. You don't really have any identity. You don't have any regional ties. It's all just kind of based on old relationships from when you were at a completely different school. And the reality is what works for Boston College in in recruiting is not going to work for CSU. And honestly, although it's much, much closer given that he came over from a Mountain West institution, even what worked at Nevada is not necessarily going to work, you know, 100% at CSU. You've got different admission standards, you know, Reno, Fort Collins, different culturally, But I just think it's clear that this staff understands that CSU's recruiting priorities need to be, you know, the West Coast, the Pacific Northwest, Colorado, Texas, and then, you know, Florida a little bit. And it's one thing to say the right things at the intro presser, but it's another thing to actually follow through with it. And this staff has has followed through with it. They said they were going to come in. They said they were going to recruit the hell out of Los Angeles, and they've done that. I mean, when was the last time you saw CSU pulling kids out of Los Angeles with major you know, Pac-12 and, and Power 5 offers. It's been years. So I'm excited. I mean, I think the the talent that they're bringing in is is going to make this team much more competitive, but I also think two, three, four years from now, and, you know, maybe I'm wrong because it is the, the transfer era. There's just a lot, a lot more player movement than there ever has been at any point in college football history. But I do think we're going to see a lot more of these guys panning out, you know, some of these, some of these highly anticipated recruits because... Unfortunately, man, a lot of the, the recruits that CSU fans have been most stoked about these last couple of years have kind of not exactly panned out. So we shall see. All I know is I'm very encouraged by what Jay Norvell and Chad Savage and these guys are doing. Uh, James Finley, want to shout out him as well, doing a great job out in California. But let's get into it. Let's let's talk about these offensive commits because they are really intriguing. Real quick, want to talk about FOCO. The clock has hit zeros and the Stanley Cup final has come to an end with the Colorado Avalanche defeating the defending Stanley Cup champion Tampa Bay Lightning four games to two. What has been an incredible season from start to finish, the Avalanche have brought home the Stanley Cup to Colorado for the first time since 2001. Keep the celebration going with the officially licensed 2022 Colorado Avalanche Stanley Cup champions merchandise from FOCO. The collection features everything from apparel like shirts, hats, and accessories to collectibles like player bobbleheads and plush toys. FOCO has got you covered with the best Colorado Avalanche merchandise. Head on over to FOCO.com and make sure you use that code DNVR to get 10% off your order. Guys, they are sick. Check it out. I also got to give you my DraftKings pick of the week. Guys, we have college football futures available via DraftKings. You can bet on the conference championship winners. Looking at the Mountain West, they've got Boise State as the betting favorite, plus 215. Fresno State at plus 245. I like that. What I really love, though, Air Force at plus 400. I think they're being completely underlooked. I don't really understand it. Also, I feel like Boise State is kind of getting the benefit of the doubt. And that's why I'm going with Air Force as my DraftKings pick of the week. I know that's not what CSU fans want to hear, but we're we're in the business of making money when it comes to these. And if, if we're talking about value, plus 400, that's awesome. You might even earn a cash out later in the year and not have to see it through. 
So, lock it in. Mountain West Championship game winner in 2022, Air Force Falcons at plus 400. All right, CSU's first commit on Tuesday was Dante Scott, 6'2", 195-pound wide receiver slash athlete at a Bonita Vista High School out in Chula Vista, California. He tweeted, had a great official visit, and I am extremely proud to say I am 100% committed to Colorado State. Tags Coach Chad Savage, Jay Norville, and Freddie Banks on there. According to his Twitter page, Scott also holds offers from UNLV and Hawaii. In a recent interview with 247 Sports, Scott actually talked about being recruited by Hawaii and that his father, who's in the military, is actually located out there and lives there with his three sisters. Talked about how it would be cool to be close to them again. Never ended up taking an official visit, I don't believe, to Hawaii. We'll have to confirm that with him when we get him on the pod. In the end, it seems he was more enamored with what CSU was building as he committed, like I said, without taking that visit. In eight games for Bonita Vista last year, Scott led the team in receiving yards, in yards per reception, and yards per game. He had the most receiving touchdowns, totaled the second most catches, so definitely the most productive receiver for his team. Also had a season long of 98 yards 98-yard touchdown. Pretty impressive. As a defensive back, he also recorded nine total tackles and one and a half sacks, a couple tackles for loss as well, so a guy that was kind of being used in blitz packages. Really intriguing. Um, you can see he he definitely has blazing speed. Not the biggest guy in the world, but 6'2", so big enough. After he posted about his commitment, Justin Marshall joined in on the fund by posting that he too intends to sign with the Rams. He's listed at five foot eleven, 175 pounds, out of Marionville, Indiana. Um, has offers from Boston College, Central Michigan, Indiana, Minnesota, Nebraska, Wisconsin. Pretty impressive pull for CSU. I mean, both on three and two four seven projected him to sign with Wisconsin. Was being recruited by Alvis Witted former CSU receivers coach looking at what he can do on film. It's, it's, it's not surprising to see why he's such a coveted recruit. I mean, this guy has absurd lateral agility. I mean, would be a a fun guy to have Chris Berman calling his games. Cause they're just like, what, what making guys miss all over the place. And when he's in the open field, there's no catching up to him. He's actually going to be playing running back for CSU did a lot of wildcat stuff in high school. Had 41 carries for 440 yards and five touchdowns out of the backfield. Had 43 catches for 1,088 yards and 16 touchdowns, too. I mean, he was he was their entire offense for Merrillville. Excuse me, I said Marionville. Merrillville High School. I struggled to spell that one initially, and I apparently am struggling to say it as well. In addition to being a football star, Marshall also runs sprints for the track and field team. The 2022 NWI Championships back in March, his four by or his relay team finished first in the four by 200 relay. Excuse me, getting all kinds of tongue tied on this pod today. Finally, the fifth commit of the 24 hour period, Laven Brown, three star wide receiver out of Sierra Canyon High School out in Chatsworth, California, started his career out in Vegas, will be finishing his career at its Sierra Canyon infamous programs where. LeBron's kid plays. According to 247 Sports, in addition to CSU, Brown holds offers from Arizona, Arkansas, Oregon, Florida State, USC, Utah, Utah State, and UNLV. Looking forward to asking him 
you know, what exactly about CSU sold him over some of those Power 5 programs. Coincidentally, he is actually the second commit in that 24 hours to pick CSU over a former CSU wide receiver coach that is currently working for a Power 5 school. So like I said, Marshall was being recruited by Alvis Witted at Wisconsin. Brown was being recruited by Kenny Guyton at Arkansas. The Rams actually end up landing both of them, or at least verbally. I mean, like we said, nothing actually counts until you sign. But he is a very intriguing prospect. Their max preps, not up to date. One of my biggest freaking drives me crazy. Watching his huddle film, though, it stands out. He's a natural pass catcher. You like that he catches with his hands, not his body. And he's got, you know, a legitimate ability to create yards after the catch. On multiple plays, he catches around midfield, makes a guy miss, and extends the play for big yardage. Even takes it to the house on a couple of different times. I really like that he runs a variety of routes. A lot of times when you see receivers on huddle film, the entire thing is just them, you know, running deep routes or them taking quick screens. He showed a variety and, and, you know, appears to be able to run pretty close to a, a full route tree. Love that, especially considering, you know, he's only a senior in high school, so he has time to improve that and, you know, really refine the, the nuances when it comes to route running. I just like that, you know, he's, he's doing a lot early on, especially in high school. You see offenses when, you know, guys are just better athletes. They're like, well, let's just send him long and he'll out-jump everyone or let's just, you know, let him take a screen to the house, so... Anyways, I'm, I'm very encouraged by all these receivers slash, you know, offensive playmakers that the Rams have been able to bring Marshall kind of like a Dietrich Clark type, but it just gives you a lot of flexibility with what you're going to do. Obviously, a big part of the air raid is going to be stretching the field vertically and using some of those big receivers to, to go over the top. But I mean, they, they do a lot of sideline to sideline stuff, you know, whether it's motioning a, a wide receiver and doing a little shovel pass to him or you know, slants and drag routes and stuff like that too. That's how you kind of keep the defense honest, man. You've, you need a variety of receivers and you need to be able to do a variety of things. What's encouraging about the guys that CSU's being able to recruit right now is just the fact that they're absurd athletes. I mean, really impressive. We'll see how the rest of this class fills up. We'll see who ultimately signs. As of right now, CSU only has one public uh, Colorado commit, but I actually do think they have one who's silent at the moment. 11 total commits that have announced, but I think the total is actually closer to about 14 right now because there's two or three guys that have not yet announced. We'll see how it all plays out. Uh, keep up with DNVR for all the information on the latest commits, news, whatever. I've got a piece coming out on David Roddy and just kind of what I like about the the situation in Memphis that'll be out later this week. As always, much love to all of you. Hope everybody is enjoying their summer. Got the fourth coming up. Should be a fun one. All right. Like I said, we'll get some of these commits on the podcast in the coming weeks. Looking forward to that and looking forward to Summer League being here pretty soon as well. And then it'll be training camp, man. August is going to be here before we know it. I can't wait. I know you can't either. Going to be an absolute blast. Word. That's all I have for today. Thank you for listening to the DNVR Rams podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Much love. Peace. 
Peaches out of palisades, sweet as mama's marmalade This shit sound like summer days, the windows down on harmony The family band sing harmonies, my daddy played the drums My mama slapped that bass, my sister sang these songs Dancing under canopies, we thank the trees for all their leaves We are just some drops of water, together make up seven seas And one day I'll be like my father, one day I will learn to breathe I'm choking on the thought that I am not the man I wanna be I got blood on my shirt, like I wear my heart on my sleeve She said I look good in red, but that went straight to my head So now she's rocking my teeth, tucked into new Prada jeans And we ain't spoken a month, but I just saw her last week The lipstick stain still on my cheek like we ain't talk enough And we always seem to laugh, but never nod at us So the future's looking grim, it's kinda ominous And this song ain't about love, that'd be too obvious See, this is more about lust and all of my misconceptions And this is more about me and all of my self-deception I'll tell myself a lie, 100 times don't need corrections But every night I pray to God, I hope I learn my lesson And the peaches out from Palisade And they sweet as mama's marmalade And this should sound like summer days, the windows down on harmony The family band sing harmonies, my daddy played the drums And my mama slapped that bass, and my sister sang these songs Dancing hand in hand, we were tripping two left feet Like a middle school slow dance, no one knew how to lead But I'm so thankful for these days, they put a smile on my face Flirt with me when you're bored, that's what I'm here for Talk to me softly, till I get a little more Attached to the fact that you reply so quickly Dash and retract only when you get sick of me Sit back reminiscing back to when I got them digits I swear I need a witness of somebody quick with pinches I was out there floating, all them feelings felt indigenous To places I don't visit, hard eyes when I'm grinning Hard eyes and them emojis, you said you won't be on me I said you won't be lonely, you can't count on me like a bank teller counter ain't never felt prouder never holding back don't got a front when i'm around her i want to listen more like maybe i should say less i'm not sure how to make an album this is just my best guess my best friends are producers send me beats i bump the playlist imagine all the hours ableton was stuck on repeat all for me to rap about some girls who didn't like me sb 404s and stupid bars all wrote on loose leaf i wait a lot on promises that sound like maybes my contacts still just numbers but in person call me baby like why i fall in love with every girl that wanna date me introspective but scatterbrained on the daily i'll make a tape with the homies and rap the same thing i know it's just rhymes but it sounds like everything and the peaches out from palisade and they sweet as mama's marmalade and this shit sound like summer days the windows down on harmony the family band sing harmonies my daddy played the drums my mama slapped that bass and my sister sang these songs dancing hand in hand we were tripping two left feet like a middle school slow dance no one knew how to leave but i'm still thankful for these days they put a smile on my face